everyone, and welcome back to the ABZ show with me, Abe. Today, I have someone who's super special, especially in the ecosystem in Dubai, Gary. Hey, Gary, how are you? I was about to write up that I'm a B minus, and I think that's mirrored anyway, uh, so it doesn't really work. Um, well, I am good. Thank you so much for, for having me um, on, on your show. You know, it's, it's always funny. We were, you know, for the audience's benefit, just talking, you know, what are we going to talk about? Uh, and in kind of defined time, kind of like this is what, like 20-minute show, uh, you can always kind of fit only so much. And this recently came up, I'm on some random panel in some conference, and it was one of these things where the whole thing is like 20 minutes, and there's five panelists and a moderator. So kind of the joke is, great, we're just going to introduce ourselves and then walk off stage for a coffee. <laughs> Essentially, like, like um, I've had some of my guests, we've recorded over an hour, and the content was so good that I had to like split it up into a couple of episodes. Again, no pressure, but uh, but the thing is, is it's good to have this you know one-on-one uh, -on -one interaction with people, and it's good to be on point and straight to the point. And I think a lot of you know you know I'd love to say I'm a like an entertainer like Joe Rogan, but then again, who's got four hours to spare, right? So uh, sometimes you know I think. Um, I was telling somebody uh, last week and they were asking me, oh, have you seen the new Justice uh, League movie? And I'm like, dude, like, I don't know if I can spare four hours and 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> Too much commitment these days, right? So, but anyway, uh, Gary, please tell my audience who Gary is and what do you do? Um, well, th thank you. Um, you know, if, if your audience follows you from kind of show to show and podcast to podcast, this might be a little bit repetitive, uh, but thank you have, for having me on this one. Uh, but hi, my name is Gary Shankman. I uh, small VC firm uh, based out here in Dubai. We invest primarily in developed market companies, both really early stage, um, as well as some late stage secondary work on behalf of our LPs. Um, probably best known in Dubai for bringing tech stars out to the Middle East, which is an international accelerator for um, entrepreneurs um, and for hosting a, um, I don't want to say prolific, infamous happy hour um, for, for founders. Um, and we have, you know, some 200 some people in a meme lord WhatsApp group that restricts talking any business um, at the, you know, with the implied punishment that talking business gets you instantly banned. Uh, and people love their margaritas. And I'm actually surprised just how on topic of being all, all the time off topic people stay for fear of being excluded from all the margarita drinking. <laughs> it's true, it's true. I'm on, I, I know I'm a part of that group and it's, uh, um, you know what I find really uh, awesome about that taco uh, stars group is, is the amount of people uh, that post pictures of tacos from all over the world. Like I, 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 and like, you know, I'm shooting this out of my uh, buddy's place in Jordan. And, you know, I think I shared pictures of the taco place in Jordan as well, just before. And uh, it's, uh, I have to say, you've, you've created that community and you've put in that uh, lighter, uh, you know, a sense of humor on our day-to-day -day stress because, you know, day-to-day -day has been really stressful these days. Well, thank you. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I found myself pigeonholed into is that I, I love Mexican food. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, but sometimes I will find a venue sometime in town and I'm like, you know what, I would love to host an event here, uh, but it would be off brand. So, you know, we've done some events that were kind of not taco stars at Akibadori, which is this, you know, awesome, you know, Japanese pizza place and uh, Dubai design district. 
and I love the venue. I love the food. I think the founder of, you know, the entrepreneur that owns the, the place is, is a great guy. Um, and I can, you know, I can only do so many events there. Uh, because even if the venue is great and you kind of enjoy kind of the vibe there, I'm now forever in the, you know, Mexican cuisine derivative uh, online meme groups. So it's Taco Stars and then there's The Fork, uh, which is Burrito Buys, uh, which is just the crypto people because we had to segregate them because, you know, crypto people pollute any, any group <laughs> um, that, they, that they jump into. Um, and now there is a new one forming called the Queso Console, uh, which is kind of more of seasoned entrepreneurs that, you know, want to take time to do like one-on-one -on -one coaching and we're figuring out what that's going to look like. Uh, and so I, I'm going to run out, like the nice thing is that there are a lot of Mexican dishes uh, and you can rhyme for a while. So I think we have quite a bit of runway, but we are now firmly into just Mexican cuisine for all startup related activities that I'll do for the rest of my life. Like this is it. Well, I, I, I have a fear uh, that you're going to actually start something that's like a Mexican themed startup with like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but let, let's, let's stick to the food and not, let's not go into anything else. But uh, uh, it is, it is very, uh, and I like, I think I was even involved in the whole discussion with the burrito thing until the, you know, they, they did take over the whole uh, uh, conversation. And then you're like, you know what? Let's create a group, you know what I mean? And <laughs> it was pretty good. But but again, like honestly, obviously me and you were on a million WhatsApp groups, especially in Dubai, especially in the ecosystem and stuff like that. And a lot of them are literally on mute. But this one, you know, there are some seriously creative memes on that thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, know, you open it and I'm like, damn, you know, like this is <laughs> hilarious. You know what I mean? And obviously there's a lot of people who are dormant, but there's a lot, like, there isn't, like, one person who's always on. It's, like, different types of people, different time of days. It's pretty cool. I think it's, it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, you, you got you to gotta keep engaging with folks to, to, keep it, to keep it interesting. And, you know, I think in the U.S. for kind of semi-professionally, you know, affiliated groups, you know, a lot of them live in Slack and now in Geneva. Um, but I think two things really define, I think, Middle East kind of white collar knowledge worker culture um, and that you are like WhatsApp is a desktop messaging application for sharing large files and getting work done, um, which is it's not the best that but it's just what you use because, you know, people won't reply to email, uh, but they'll look at your WhatsApp message. Um, it's that, and that the average person knows way too much about VPNs than their counterpart in any normal place. Like, right, like to an American or to whatever, a Swede, a VPN is something that a developer uses to access a remote server or something their dad used to do to access their corporate email on a work laptop that still needed to be cranked or like to, to, to get powered on. Here, like a, the average, like, you know, mom that, you know, takes her kids uh, to football practice in the van, uh, she's like, hey, you know, there's this, you know, private internet access is not as good with Netflix anymore. So I got that NordVPN premium package. I get the Amazon UK. The stream is really good. I got it set up on the router. And so just the average person is just really, really in tune with just the, the newest things that people are offering. And those two things are what like really surprise people. I think when they really interact with the market, it's like, hey, 
Like you don't use email or Slack, but you know, you're sending me presentations and legal documents over WhatsApp as if it's any kind of legitimate channel for communicating. I, I remember that, that that time where, oh, it wasn't secure. And like everybody looked at each other and like, but I've been sending like legal signed documents and like, <laughs> and then I think there was like this whole movement against it to move to, I, I can't remember, was a signal or telegram or whatever. And I'm like, just go back to email. Like, like seriously, like, you know, like, it's just, uh, I don't know, just the collaboration tools, uh, you know, obviously are, they're just. Yeah. The funny bit for me is that both telegram and signal that you can turn it off have this really like peak level of dark pattern, annoying thing that they do where they send you a notification or they put up at the top of your inbox as someone has joined. And so imagine, you know, it's like three or 400 people off of your contact list are joining these apps. They're basically exploding at the seams. They're useless now because you can't even find any of the conversations that you've had before. And then this happens and Obviously, no one uses them. Like, actually, I haven't seen any person really migrate. And so you have to go and archive all of these groups just to get to, like, the three groups that I use on Signal and the two groups that I have on Telegram. And I had to go and refine them and, like, surface them and message them so they're on top so that I could multiple swipe out. It was just a horrible experience. I, ho I hope to never live a WhatsApp privacy crisis ever again. I bet you, like, I know there was something in there in terms of service that you're changing and stuff like that. But I think it was like some guy who, or person that said, you know what, I don't like this WhatsApp. Let me try to move my all of my friends. And I think it, it just created like an echo, right? And then like literally a month later, or not even a month, two weeks later, we're back on WhatsApp. Everything is back on, like, like please, like you're destroying us, right? So, but yeah, so so let's let's go back to, you know, I know we ranted about Taco Stars and talked about WhatsApp. Let's talk, let's talk about, you know, your stories with, you know, founders and like stuff that, you know, you want to share with some of the audience. Uh, oh man. I, I don't know. I, I think that every success or every one doing, doing cool shit, it doesn't matter if it's successful or not. Um, once you are doing things that are interesting career-wise, whether it's earlier or later than in life, it is not as complicated to build a backwards looking narrative that makes sense of how you ended up there. Uh, and I think, you know, that's why you have like all of these awesome stories. It's like, oh, you had this thing happen and then you did this thing and then you failed this company and then you met these people and all of this kind of worked itself out. But when you're in the middle of it, you're, you're kind of falling kind of backwards um, through the events in your life and, and they're stressful, right? So, you know, for every, you know, large scale, you know, events or successful financial exits, there is, you know, days of dumping in your pants, you know, let's, let's keep this PG 13 right before, right before it happens. Will, you know, whatever, will an acquisition happen? Will people show up to the event? Uh, you know, will companies apply to you to a program? You know, it, it doesn't really, you know, you're someone that's, you know, run entrepreneurial, quote unquote, you know, ecosystem, but generally programming for founders. Uh, you've done, you've done investing as well. Uh, there is a moment that in any business, you put yourself out there and no matter how confident you are and no matter how you know, good you might or might not be, there is that moment, you know, when you're hosting the party and you're showing up and you're there with the welcome balloon or you're there, you know, at the airport, hoping the person gets off the plane and you kind of don't know if they're coming or not. 
Uh, and so I, I don't think that I don't think that changes. You know, I I think that anytime you know, even public speaking, like no matter how many times you do it, you kind of you know feel you know a little queasy. You know, c- coming out you know with the lights and people are you know giving the nod into what you're saying. You're like, I hope this makes sense because I I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> no, you know what? 100. percent And I remember um, one of our demo days uh, for startup bootcamp. It rained on the same day. And, and you know what happens, like, you know, especially in the Middle East, if it rains, you know, people are just, and I think we were, we had something like, we invited like 800 people and we had something like 350 confirmations, less than 100 people showed up because it rained, you know, people are like, where am I going to park, blah, 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 and I'm like, are you kidding me, Let's just just come to the, and it, the whole event was like, you know, like an hour and a half, like, it wasn't that. And it was a big deal. Was a, I remember it was a really nice demo day too. But uh, like more people, I think, showed up to your Taco Stars night gathering than that demo day. <laughs> uh, but but again, like uh, I do agree with you. The, there's a lot of things in the ecosystem. Uh, as much as you uh, you know, as big as your network is, sometimes people get fatigued from certain topics. You know, uh, uh, people applying to programs. Some people you know stopped applying to programs. I know you get hundreds, like our last program got 1300 applications, but but still like people are like, they. I think they're looking for something new as well. And that's, and that's what we play a big part in shaping up the ecosystem and defining what's the next step or, you know, outlining what needs to be done because, you know, there is that checks and balances that I think we hold a lot of our corporate partners uh, accountable for. So. I think that's something that uh, you know both TechStars and Startup Bootcamp did well in the uh, UAE. Uh, so yeah, but tell me like the funniest founder story that you had. You know, like basic oh oh aha moments, but oops moments like as well. I don't. Can, can you recall anything on top of your head? I would say it's never moments that are very funny um, that you remember. Um, it's moments that I are, are part of. I don't know the theater of the absurd. Uh, and, and so it's the, uh, you know, we had a company, our, um, you know, first program was 2018 and they called Natufia, um, and they have this thing that kind of looks like a refrigerator, but it's an indoor, uh, these kind of Nescafe like grow pods. And so you can grow fresh basil or mints uh, right in your kitchen. It's like this, you know, beautiful luxury appliance, um, the company is from Estonia. And so, you know, got into the program and they shipped you know, prototype, uh, and, you know, lo and behold, it gets stuck in customs. And so now we're in this limbo of, there is no classification for an indoor kind of growing device. Um, it's a prototype, so you, we kind of need it uh, to, to show off to folks. And, and so imagine, you know, me running around, you know, Dubai and kind of Emirates Towers up and back, trying to get as many WASTA letters from as many departments that could possibly okay this to just come with like a packet to customs and say, hey, all of these people say it's okay. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, we've, we've had situations where, you know, a company does something that's theoretically regulated by multiple entities. And so both require a non-objection certificate, uh, which is for those who are not local, uh, it's something that a regulator of a specific industry will issue that they don't mind you conducting an activity that theoretically they're regulating, but, but, but might not have a specific 
you know, whether it's volume or specifications around it. And so a lot of this is advertising or, you know, dealing with people's money and, and things like that. And so if you need a whole bunch of non-objection certificates, if they're overlapping businesses because you're a startup and you're like, oh, actually, it makes sense to do a moving piece of advertising. And so that's actually the roads um, and it's the media console and it's the municipality. Um, but it's always the first time that you run into these experiences that you're like, oh, I, I guess we have to go and figure you know this process out. Uh, when we like, are we the first people to try to do this? I don't know. Let's let's go let's go and do that. So I think it's funny because it's absurd. It's frustrating when you are in it, uh, and then you get to laugh at it afterwards. I think I think those are the stories that you end up kind of telling over drinks uh, that you remember most fondly. Um, but they end up being as egg on face, you know, in, with some large organization, uh, usually because they're doing something silly or, or something nonsensical. You know, I have, I, I have a workshop that I do. I called it Fundraising 102, which are just these super practical uh, pieces of advice. And I think one of the last slides, I say, hey, when all else fails, your deck design and your bottoms up models and, you know, these email intros and blah, 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 blah. Um, you should just feed people uh, because this is one of the reasons that it, that I do you know social nights is people associate you know dopamine release uh, with the activity that they're doing. So if it's you with them and they're having a good time, you'll you'll get it solved. Uh, you know I've I've fixed term sheet issues over a bottle uh, many a times. And it just costs you, whatever, a couple of years of life expectancy and probably permanent liver damage. But at the end of the day, you know, you, that's sometimes what it takes in, in business. We are ultimately social creatures. Uh, and, you know, we, we care to move forward uh, more than dig in as long as, you know, everyone is reasonably happy and in a good mood. You know, never negotiate hungry. Never negotiate when the other person is hungry. Let's put it this way. You can be hungry, but the other person should be recently fed. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, that, that is a good advice. And uh, I actually did learn this years and years ago because uh, people tend to let the little things slide over a meal, you know, uh, especially over email. You want to document everything and you put every little, little thing. But we're on a table and they're like, can we draw, can we, you know, adjust this clause? I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, we can talk about it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's smooth. It's it's so much smoother. So okay, those, that was great advice. What other great advice would you like to give uh, some of the people listening as well? Uh, I mean, depending on where they are on kind of on the spectrum of you know founder investor generally interested in business, one of the things that you know I am struggling with um, is a lesson that I you know frequently heard. Uh, but then when it happened to me the first time around, um, I, you know, I've been having difficulty digesting the lesson and that it's, you know, sometimes things don't work out ethically, um, uh, with, with people and the, at least in early stage, um, it's more expensive on your time and your capital to pursue a legal outcome, even out of spite than the original investment is something that's uh, that you have to learn how to do um, because it you know it sucks when it happens to you uh, and so your first reaction is oh i have all of this recourse and all of these resources available and then you're realizing all of that all of those resources could be better put to invest into people that you actually want to be spending time with uh and leveraging on their success as an investor yeah, i agree i agree 
and and you know what? That's um, I think that's something I talked about many times on the show and many times in my programs is people always neglect, especially startups, neglect the legal framework and neglect all kind of accounting and finance. They say, you know, we'll build it and then we'll find a way how to sell it and then then we'll register it or, you know, we'll go through the IP or whatever, right? I said, uh, one of the years, one of my best friends was a lawyer, right? So because because I'd, I'd call them usually on a daily basis saying, okay, this is what's happening now. And then we honestly started like, hanging out like in like that's a you know you know obviously he was paying me for it but it was uh not bad but uh, but there was a lo- lot of gaps that i never thought they were that important but uh it's very 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 uh, important yeah i mean also you know i think as an as an industry we have a lot of these concepts that have been around for for a long time and sometimes they've been around for a long time because someone had an idea and implemented it for whatever reason, and it just doesn't hold. And so, you know, you know, our fund is a rolling fund, it's quarterly contributions, and so we don't do parallel structures. Uh, hey, venture capital has been doing the same stuff for like 50 something plus years uh, with the exact same legal model. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense in kind of what we have today in terms of available liquidity, in terms of pace to deal flow, in terms of the technology that we have to manage these legal structures. Um, you know, that one, that one is, I think is going to go away and we'll see firms that are offering multiple kind of products as opposed to just fund, because look, if you go to a bank, the bank will sell you fixed income. They'll sign, they'll sell you REITs. They'll sell you 50, 60 different products. Uh, while venture capital really only sells you one and then accelerators sell you like one or two, uh, and then studios is another one. And so we have very few products, um, from a financial standpoint and from an exposure standpoint in the venture world. And I think that's going to change, but also that means that kind of the way that those legal models reach into the companies we fund will change as well. Uh, we are, we just made an investment in, in a company in the US and, you know, some of the things, one of the things that they wanted to implement as both experienced entrepreneurs was no vesting periods. Uh, they, they didn't have, they had have a vesting period, but they don't have a vesting cliff. So great, you know, we're doing a full on four year vesting, wonderful. But no one-year cliff because that always creates a situation where you hire someone, they're great, and maybe in six, seven months, there's a pivot or maybe they're out of their depth. And so now you have this perverse situation where either you're punishing the person for leaving early, despite the fact that they've come into the organization with really good faith, or you're punishing the company by having a person stay out until they hit their cliff. Uh, being miserable and unproductive for an extra three, four months, wouldn't it just be easier to, you know, to go and break? But we have this concept, again, probably from the 80s, that, hey, if you don't put in the year, it doesn't count like you've done anything. And look, a year in startup years, we're like, startups are like dogs, right? It's like, what, seven years uh, is, is a single year? I mean, you can accomplish so much. Uh, and And so I think it's just a much healthier way of looking at stuff. And it takes kind of both investors and entrepreneurs to come together and say, hey, actually, we've all been doing this as a standard thing for a long time, but we don't have to. Uh, you know, nothing is really preventing us to, from, from changing this and, and making decisions that are going to be hopefully better for everyone in the long term. I agree 100%. And honestly, like, um, you know, I've never heard of that concept with no cliff, but just hearing you say it makes a lot of sense because, you know, it's like the same, 
it's exactly what you said. You know, the 80s people used to do that one last quarter just to make sure that they get that bonus and then they're out, right? It's like that magic um, pill or whatever you want to call it, right? So, so uh, golden handcuffs. The golden handcuffs. That's that's the word, actually. Okay, so um, we're at a time of the show where I ask every one of my guests the same question. If you had a superpower, what would that be? Or if you want to mimic a superhero, who would that be? Oh, no, the, it's the Flash. It's it's always been my favorite superhero. I mean, I just I just think it's a... Well, first of all, you're the fastest metal act, so you get to just run around the world and do cool stuff. But also, you know, the expansive powers of time travel, phasing through objects. Um, but also, like, he's a huge nerd. Uh, and so the idea of getting smart on something uh, is hugely relevant to our professions. And... You know, I'm a travel bug uh, and the idea of, you know, running for a croissant to Paris and back, you know, kind of sounds good. And by the way, I'm a fan of the CW TV show Flash, not the Zack Snyder Justice League with like the weird arm plates Flash. Like give me like the OG Barry Allen is a forensic, you know, police cop guy um, that's super nerdy. Yeah, Yeah, like. I want the whole thing. Like, that's that's my guy. 100% agreed. Didn't like the Justice League uh, Ezra uh, character. You know, you got to go with Barry Allen. He's uh, a legend. Um, in closing, would you like to tell any of my audience anything? Well, for those of you in Dubai, enjoy the last few days of beach weather. Um, you know, <laughs> you know ho- hopefully see you in September. Uh, and so, you know, enjoy your summer break. Uh, and do do come back for the next season of Dubai. <laughs> no, fairness, this, this episode will air in October, but uh, we'll see what happens about that. <laughs> so you oh, should... all right then. <laughs> Beach. <laughs> oh, welcome, welcome back. Um, it is rooftop weather. It is conference season. We're not wearing masks. This is so exciting, everyone. We're so glad to have you. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Gary, for coming on. Uh, by the way, everybody, we do have a hashtag called Real Talk No Nonsense. And until next time, take care. Is no nonsense accurate? I mean, there was a little bit of nonsense. I mean, it is real talk, full nonsense. I think you, we, I think they should make an adjustment. Maybe we'll say real talk, let's talk tacos or something. We'll see what happens. From- <laughs>